All right, guys, we are in week seven of this series, which means we're wrapping it up. Um, so last week I told you this week and next week, really important, kind of tough. Um, so I got a tough one for you this morning. Um, next week is, is also a little tough, but, but it's, it's got a little positive spin on the toughness, okay? So just be prepared. We want you to be here. Um, but I am going to ask you for a favor. This morning um, we're going to be in God's Word in the book of Jonah in the book of Jonah. So if you want to uh, pull out your Bibles, if you brought one, we're in the book of Jonah. Um, If you didn't bring one, it's okay. You can use our our digital notes, um, have hyperlinks. And uh, that's the other favor, is is grab a bulletin. So y'all, we take notes here. We ask everybody to take notes here. It's kind of part of the deal that if we're going to study God's Word, we really need to study it. So that means we write down, we fill in the blanks, and we go home, we talk about the questions. Uh, it, it matters, right? We're here to learn. Uh, and the title of the whole series is not going through storms. It's growing through storms. The only way that happens is for us to study, for, for us to start putting God's Word into practice. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for our time in God's Word, and then we're going to jump in together, and, uh, and you guys get situated, get ready with your Bibles and your notes, and we'll, we'll go. Father... Uh, Man, so good um, to dive into your word this morning. So um, excited about what you have for us. Holy Spirit, um, we ask you to take your proper place in the church every single Sunday. Come and fill our pulpit. You are our teacher. You are our guide. Um, and teach us about Jesus from the inside out. Let us see him more clearly than we ever have. Move and work in our midst like we haven't seen before. Change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, I'm in the book of Jonah. Uh, man, it's been, a, it's been a minute since uh, maybe some of you remember this story as a child. You're like, I haven't read this in forever. Uh, well, welcome, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it. We're going to read it this morning. I'm going to start in Jonah 1. Uh, we're going to read from 1 to 17, then we're going to uh, move to chapter 2, and, uh, and we're going to read from verse 20 all the way through chapter 3, verse 3. And this is what the word of the Lord uh, says. It says, um, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, some son of Amittai. Uh, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because their evil has come up before me. But Jonah, instead, got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa, and he, which by the way, if you pronounce it in Hebrew, is Yofu, but I thought that was too weird to to say that when you guys are reading Joppa, because we're from Texas, right? So he went down to Joppa, he found a ship going to Tarshish, he paid the fare, And he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. But the Lord threw a great wind onto the sea, and such a great storm arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. Okay, not just sink, but break apart. Pretty serious storm. It says, the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. If you've never seen that in a movie, when the seas get really bad, right? So cargo makes you uh, go lower, and if the, if the seas get too crazy, now, now, now stuff, so they want the ship to, to, to float a little higher, so they get rid of everything heavy. So they dump everything. They're doing everything sailors know how to do. The sailors are afraid. Each cries out to a God. They throw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. Meanwhile, Jonah... He'd gone down to the lowest part of the vessel and had stretched out and fallen into a deep sleep. Way to go, Joe. Uh, The captain approached him and said, What are you doing, sound asleep? Get up, call to your God. Maybe this God will consider us and we won't perish. Come on, the sailors said to each other. Let's cast lots and then we're going to know who's to blame for this trouble. So they cast lots. Uh, That was like a a dice kind of thing. And it says that uh, the lot singles out Jonah. And then they said to him, tell us who is to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business and where are you from? What is your country and what people are you from? And he answered them, I'm a Hebrew. 
I worship the Lord, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were seized by a great fear, and they said to him, What is this you have done? The men knew that he was fleeing from the Lord's presence. That's the third time that's mentioned. Because he had told them. So they said to him, What should we do to you so that the sea will calm down for us? So that the sea, uh, for the sea was getting worse and worse. So he answered them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea so that it will calm down for you. For I know that I'm to blame for this great storm that is against you. Nevertheless, the man uh, rode hard and they tried to get back to dry land, but they couldn't because the sea was raging against them more and more. So they called out to the Lord, Please, Lord, don't let us perish because of this man's life and don't charge us with innocent blood. For you, Lord, have done just as you pleased. Then they picked up Jonah, they threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men were seized by a great fear of the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows. Now the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Now guys, I'm going to skip to uh, uh, chapter 2. We're going to skip to chapter 2 and uh, verse 10. It says, The Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So the Lord appoints a fish to swallow him, then the Lord commands the fish, vomits him to dry around. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. Jonah got up and he went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Okay, three things that I want to share with you this morning. And here is the first. I want you to know that storms can be a result of our intentional disobedience of God's direct commands. Okay, storms can be a result of our intentional disobedience of God's direct commands. Command. So I, I want to go back over this. Let's look at God's command uh, and Jonah's response. Here's the command. It says, the word of the Lord uh, came, to son, uh, came to Jonah, son of Amity. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it uh, because their evil has come up before me. Um, now, now listen, Jonah doesn't want to do this. He doesn't like these people. These people have always been, uh, they've been horrible to God's people for a long time, right? So he, he doesn't want to do this necessarily. Um, but that is the command. So, so Nineveh is about 500 miles east of where Jonah is. Okay, Jonah's hometown. So it's 500 miles east in one direction. It's, it's kind of far, but it's not crazy. It's not crazy. So God says, hey, I want you to get up. You're going to go 500 miles east. You're going to go to Nineveh, these people that you don't like, um, and, and you're going you're to preach to them. You're going to tell them what they're doing wrong and, and what they need to do. That's what you're going to do, Jonah. Now, so Jonah instead, now let's, let's look at Jonah's response now. Uh, here's Jonah's response, uh, verse 3. It says, so Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare. He went down into it um, and, uh, to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Now, so, so God says, Jonah, hey, I want you to go 500 miles east to the people you don't like. You're going to tell them. You're going to preach to them that they need to change their ways. Jonah instead goes the exact opposite direction. So instead of going 500 miles east, he gets on a ship that is headed 2,500 miles west. Okay? It is, it is not just in the opposite direction. It is literally the furthest point known to sailors at this point in time, away from where he is supposed to go. All right? Direct disobedience. And, and the Bible says why he's doing it. He is fleeing, attempting to, flee from the Lord's presence. Right? That's, that's what he is doing. And, and, and in response, look at what God does, verse 4. 
Okay? But the Lord threw a great wind onto the sea, and such a great storm arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. Listen, I love you. I love you. That's why this, this storm is included in an eight-week series. Okay? This is not why everything in your life happens, but, but this is why some things happen. Sometimes, storms can be a result of our intentional disobedience of God's direct commands. We need to know it. We need to know it. Okay? So that's the first thing I want to share with you. Storms can be a result of our intentional disobedience of God's direct commands. Uh, but the second thing I want you to know, this is where we get it twisted. When God does that, when we disobey God and He sends a storm, I want you to know that those storms are not intended to harm us, but rather to correct us. Okay? Those storms are not intended to harm us. They're, they're meant to, to correct us. And so, uh, y'all, there is a reason that I waited till week seven to go over this storm. Okay? There's a reason. And I waited till week seven uh, because I knew if I started early, it would be the only thing you heard for the rest of the series. Yep, it's because of me. It's because we, we're guilty people, man. Right? We have guilty consciences. I mean, I mean, most people I meet, when stuff goes bad in their life, they're automatically going, well, yeah, it's, it's my fault. Right? It's my fault. How many of you feel that way ever? You feel like if you ever sin, you ever mess up, God's going to smite you. Come on, be honest. Right? Come on! Only five people in here. Seven, ten, twelve. That's it? Man, I wish I had your conscience, y'all. I mean, sometimes I'm like, God is, like, I'm done. Like, I, that's it. I, I haven't done this once. I've done this a lot. And God's like, nope. I, you know, and so, man, I, we think that way sometimes. But the reason why I saved it to week seven is because even though there are some storms that specifically are because of our disobedience, that's, that's not every storm. Right? We've already covered six weeks where we talked about all kinds of other reasons that we face difficulties in life. Right? And we, we said week one, like, like sometimes, some of the storms are, are just meant so that we'll find rest. Right? We're, we're so um, kind of self-reliant. We, we always think we can handle it all. So sometimes God throws us something we can't handle. So we remember, oh yeah, God, I need you. Right? And in that moment, we find rest. Right? And, and so, that, so that's sometimes. Sometimes um, we, we, God gives us storms to help us experience that He is with us, that His presence is with us, that to help us experience uh, that, that He protects us, that He's our guard, that He's our guard. Sometimes it, it's to show us His supernatural power. God can still do miracles. Okay? Like that, that didn't end. Like God didn't just one day lose power. That's not how it works. He, he, it's, he's not a genie in a bottle. He's not out, you're not out of wishes. That's not how it works. Like God still is supernatural, has the ability to do things that we can't think or understand or comprehend. And, and so sometimes God throws a storm to just go, hey, watch this, right? No way you could do that. Check out what I did. Sometimes God uses storms to remind us of who to turn to in order to find peace, right? Sometimes he, he gives us a storm to reveal our foundation that maybe we're building our life on someone other than him. We all build our life on someone and sometimes God allows storms to come so that he could reveal our maturity. We think we've got it all and he's like, dude, you still got a lot of room for growth right there, right? And we're like, oh yeah, <laughs> okay, right? So we've, we've covered all those bases and all that kind of goes back to the way that we think about like, like that question of uh, why do bad things happen? I don't know if you've ever asked that question. I ask that question a lot. But bad things really happen for four reasons. One, they happen uh, because of our own dumb mistakes. <laughs> we call that sin. Sometimes bad things happen because of what we do. They do, right? Sometimes bad things, though, happen because of what others do to us. It's a sin of other people. They sin against us. We live in a world full of sinners, right? Uh, welcome to church, by the way. Uh, look to your left for a second. Look to your left, okay? Now look to your right, okay? 
good chance that person's going to hurt you at some point in life. All right? I love you. Welcome. Um, I, I mean, seriously, like, like, why? Because they're sinners, right? Because that's why we show up. We show up to learn about Jesus because we need Jesus. We need Jesus because he's our Savior. We need Jesus because he's our sanctifier. That means that he, he makes us into his image as we seek to follow him. We need Jesus. So don't ever walk into the doors of a church and be offended at somebody uh, that didn't greet you or didn't smile the right way or didn't, like, you name it, um, because this is a place full of broken people. That's why we come, right? Because we need healing. We need healing. Somebody in this room is going to hurt you. Probably the people you're sitting the closest to. God bless you. Okay, that's how it works in my family. Okay? So, so listen, bad things happen sometimes because of what I do. Sometimes because of the sin of others. Sometimes bad things happen just because we live in this broken world. Right? The whole world is fallen. Sometimes that's a problem. And guys, sometimes bad things happen because of the first creature that ever fell. His name was Lucifer. We now call him the devil. And he really stinks. And he hates you, and he wants to destroy you and kill you. That's what the Bible says. Okay? And he's not awesome. And neither are any of the, the angels that fell with him. Uh, right? It's, it's not great. And so they, they literally, it's about a third of the angels, they, they, like, they want to destroy you. You guys are like, I haven't heard this. This is a different Bible. It's not. It's in there. Okay? It's all part of the story. So sometimes that's why it happens. So I want you to know, though, but, but listen, notice this. Even in the midst of his disobedience, direct disobedience, because like Jonah, 500 miles east, he's like God, 2,500 miles west. In the middle of direct disobedience, God does not intend to harm Jonah. He just wants to correct him, right? And, 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 and listen, this is so good. I'm, I'm going to read to you uh, again. Well, let, let's just summarize. So... So we get to verse 11, uh, and this is what we read in verse 11. It says, so they said to him, what should we do? The sea's getting worse. He answered, pick me up and throw me in, right? Hey, uh, verse 12 on the screen, pick me up and throw me into the sea. I know that I'm to blame for this. Sometimes, hey, you ever been there? You're just like, God, I've blown it. I've blown it. I've, I've hurt people around me, and you're just like, smite me. Get it over with. Ever been at that low point in life? Am I the only person that's ever felt that? Like, God, I'd, I'd probably be better if you just swallowed me up, right? Just, just throw me in the ocean. Just. But, but listen, God doesn't want to hurt Jonah. He, he, he doesn't. He doesn't want to hurt Jonah. So, so the guys, uh, verse 14, 15, they call out to the Lord. Uh, and they're like, Lord, please, we don't want to do this. We don't want to do this to this guy. We feel like we're going to commit murder. Please don't hold us accountable for murder. So they throw him in the ocean. And it says this, and the seas stopped raging. Verse 15, the sea stopped raging, raging, and then we read this next. Jonah 1.17, the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. That's the very next sentence. <laughs> All right, so you're like, wait, what do you mean this, this storm isn't meant to hurt Jonah? It's not. The storm comes so that Jonah will, will be corrected, not harmed, but corrected. So it says that the Lord appointed a great fish. That word in Hebrew means assigned. God assigned a fish. In other words, the storm isn't by accident because the fish was appointed because this is all part of God's plan to get Jonah back on mission. Right? To get Jonah back on his mission. You see, Jonah was God's kid. And God told his kid, I want you to go to others and tell them about me. Does that sound familiar? Christians? If you're a Christian, that's, that's, he's told you the same thing. That's why I'm asking. If you're his kid... He's assigned you to go to others and tell them about him, all right? So same, and, and listen, the point isn't to, heart, uh, to hurt the, the, or to harm. It, it's to get him back on mission. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? 
Well, I know that because look at the next part of the story. Jonah 2, uh, 10 through 3, 3. Then the Lord commanded the fish. So the Lord appoints a fish to swallow him, and then the Lord commanded the fish to throw him up. What? What? This is nuts. This story is crazy. By the way, anybody else do deep dives? I spent all, la- all last night Googling what fish are big enough to do this, right? I was like, could it could have been a big, could have been a big grouper? Right? I don't know. Uh, a whale shark is capable, by the way. I learned that last night. Whale shark is capable. Um, there is some kind of like prehistoric uh, thing that the Greeks believed in, but I don't think that was it because it looked more like a snake. But anyway, um, so I, I was into it, man. I was like, yeah, let's go. And so, so this large fish swallows him, and then, and then the Lord commits. So God is like, hey, I appoint you, fish. You're here in the storm at the right time, at the right moment, in the right sea. When they throw him over, you're hungry. Boom, you swallow him. And then God commands the fish, throw him up. Wow. Right? So he spits him out, and look, he vomits him onto dry land, and says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This is how we know God's purpose. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. Jonah got up and went into Nineveh according to the Lord's command. God didn't want to hurt Jonah. He wanted to get Jonah back on mission. He's like, Jonah, man, oh, no, bro, this is, I, this is your assignment. And so he spits him out. Now people go, where, where did he spit him out? Uh, I'm going to tell you what I believe, okay? Sometimes I have to insert that. So I'm going to insert what I believe because the text doesn't tell us what shore he spit him out on. Um, But if you read on, this is really cool. So uh, this is Jonah 3. Uh, Jonah 3, 3. Jonah got up, went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. That sounds like, oh, well, now he went. But listen, this says, now Nineveh was an extremely great city, a three-day walk. Uh, Jonah set out on the first day. So so listen, uh, I believe. You know where the fish spit him out? on the shore of Nineveh. <laughs> That's what I believe, wholeheartedly. Listen, uh, can I tell you a little secret? If God wants you to go somewhere and do something, he's going to get you there. You get a choice. And listen, you can fight it the whole way, make him swallow you up and spit you out. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Some of us, that is our testimony. Okay? Or, you can do what God says and enjoy the journey, right? Okay? You say, Pastor, are you sure this is all God doing this to get him on mission? I am. I'll tell you why. Because Jesus even uses this story to point to his mission in Matthew 12, 40. He says, for as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The very mission of God. Okay? God loves you. But he has put you on mission. And if you refuse... He will do what it takes to get you back on mission. All right? You need to know that, okay? So listen, storms can be a result of our intentional disobedience of God's direct commands, but those storms are not meant to harm us. They are rather meant to correct us. Last thing I want you to know is that you can't run from God, and fighting against Him is pointless. <laughs> you can't run from God, and fighting against Him is, is pointless. So, so what exactly is Jonah doing here? Well, he's not really doing anything. He's a Attempting to do two things. And that word is important. He is attempting, number one, to flee from God. He's attempting. He's attempting to flee from the presence of God. Some of you look at me. You've tried this too. Doesn't work, does it? Right? You feel like you're winning. You're like, I'm running the other way. You just, you think you're killing it. But guess what? You get somewhere in the middle of the deepest, darkest place ever. And then you hear his voice again. My child, what are you doing here? Why are you looking at pig slop, dude? I've got better things at home. And you're like, oh, God, you're here too? 
God, you're in the middle of, of this drunkenness. God, you're in the middle of my rage. God, you're in the middle of my addiction. God, you're in the middle of my problems. God, you're in the middle of, of, of my brokenness. And God's like, yeah, man, I'm everywhere. You can attempt to flee from the presence of God, but eventually you will learn what King David learned, right? Psalm 139, 7 through 8. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. You can try to run from God, but you cannot run from God. He is everywhere. He is everywhere. Okay? So, one, Jonah attempts to flee from the presence of the Lord. The second thing Jonah tries to do is he attempts to fight the will of God. <laughs> right? Also, not a great idea. Not a great idea. And so God tells him to go. He says, I, I know you don't like the people from Nineveh. I don't care. You're going to go and you're going to tell them about me. And so Jonah heads in the exact opposite direction. He's like, no, I am not. I am not going to do it, God. I'm going to defy your will. I'm going to defy your plan. I'm going to defy your mission. God's like, Whoop. and he's like, okay, fine. I don't want to do that again. So I'll do it. By the way, he's not a happy camper as he does it, but God uses it. All the people in Nineveh repent. Jonah's mad, by the way, that they repent. God, this is why I didn't want to do it. He's like, Jonah, you're a mess. Can I tell you a little secret? Not only can you not run from the presence of God, you cannot fight the will of God. If it is God's will that you be somewhere and do something, he will swallow you up and spit you out until you get the picture. He will absolutely do it. He'll do it over and over again. You cannot win a fight with God. Y'all, listen, even the people that, that put Jesus to death, the people that totally blew the plan of God, right? Even those people realize at some point, like, man, if, if, like, we can't really win against God. So in the early church, in the book of Acts, uh, like crazy things are happening. Entire families are getting baptized. Entire cities are coming to know Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And, and, and the people that were in charge of religion back in the day, these folks named the Pharisees, they're wanting to put the leaders of that movement, Peter and John, in jail. They want to put them to death even, uh, which eventually does happen. That's when Christianity gets serious and starts breaking out all over the world. Um, but one of, the, one of their guys uh, speaks up in the middle of all this. It's a, it, it, it's a Pharisee named Gamaliel. And he says, uh, he says this in the book of Acts 5, 38 through 39, talking about Peter and John. He says, in this present case, I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or this work is of human origin, it's going to fail. But it, if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them you may even be found fighting against God. And the point Gamaliel is trying to make is you ain't going to win that fight. Can I love you enough this morning to speak to those of you that are trying to fight against God? How's it going? You're not winning, are you? Guess what? You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're just going to be trying to fight against this God who loves you too much to quit. You ever been that way? Somebody really loves you, and you're just, you're just being rebellious, and you're just saying hurtful things and mean things, trying to push them away. And the more you push, man, the more they just stand there going, I love you. Man, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here for this. That's God. He is here for you. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. He wants to save you from your sin, from your own path of destruction, and put you on his mission. That's what God wants to do. All right? So here's our big idea this morning. Guys, storms can be a result of disobedience. 
Storms can be a result of disobedience. All right? Not all storms, some storms. Don't put everything on it. Don't, every time something bad happens, oh Lord, what did I do? I know people like that. That's, that's not, it's not always on you, but sometimes it is. So here's what we need. Here's our application. Number one, you need to start praying for discernment. Discernment is a spiritual ability to understand what's going on. Okay, that's what discernment is. It is a spiritual ability to see what's going on. Okay, so uh, anybody going through a storm right now? Come on. Just, oh, really? I've heard more than that from you. Okay? Nobody else. Okay. Uh, you, some of you are like, I don't want to raise my hand. I'm afraid. Uh, there's a lot going on. Right? Anybody go through a storm recently? Anybody think one's coming? Some of you always think one's coming. I love you. Man, I love y'all. Just enjoy life, man. It'll happen when it happens. All right? When it happens... When it happens, before you start pointing fingers, and I, I love you, but we're finger pointers. Before you start pointing at yourself, or pointing at God, or pointing at your neighbor, pointing at your husband, your wife, probably is your husband's fault. Okay. <laughs> not always, not always. In my house. Um, before you start pointing fingers, pray that God would show you what's going on. Just say, hey, God, would you give me the eyes to see what's going on so that I could understand? Listen, we're all going to go through storms. This is where we grow. We grow right here. We say, God, show me. Man, I've, I've studied storms. God, I know that they happen for all kinds of reasons. So, God, why is this one happening? So that I can correct. If it's me, God, I want to correct me. If, if, if it's that I just need to find peace in it and trust that I'm going to do that. God, if, if it's that you're trying to show me uh, how you move in power, then God, move in power. Right? We want discernment so we can understand what God is trying to do. Number two, I want to challenge you, based on this lesson alone, to stop running and hiding from God. I should have said stop trying to run and hide from God. You can't really do it. But this is a real area for growth, y'all. It's growing through storms. Stop it. Stop trying to hide things from God. You can't. I love you. You guys can't even hide stuff from other people. Okay? You're not good hiders. All right? Where's my teenagers? Love you guys. Yeah, yeah. Parents know when you've cleaned out your browser. We know. We know when you've deleted a text. You're not good hiders. Okay? So you should just stop it. Own up to it. Yeah, I did something I shouldn't. Sorry. Go ahead, ground me now. Like, it's coming. Because if you do that stuff in my house, you just will not have a phone until you can buy your own. Good luck. Thousand bucks. Love you. Go get you a job. Okay? Stop it. Stop trying to hide stuff. Adults, I love you. Your spouse knows. Okay? You can lie to their face. You can put on your little lie face. They know. They know you're lying to them. They're going to start praying right now. Dear Jesus, I know they're lying. I pray you drop a brick on their head, whatever it takes, so they come to know you. Right? I mean, it's going to happen. Okay? So listen, stop it. Guys, if you will just embrace God's plan, Okay? Just say, God, man, I know you have a plan. I, I want to be all in on that. Not, not all in on me. Okay? It'll be better, I promise. Which is really the last part, guys. Learn to embrace God's will. Learn to embrace God's will. God has a plan for your life. Man, it is so much better than your own plan. Y'all, listen, uh, if it were up to Jason, man, I'd be doing some things right now. But I'm so thankful for God's plan for my life. It is so radically different from what I had thought I was going to do in life, what I thought life was supposed to be about. I've found joy and contentment and peace. And man, it is so good. And I, I just want to challenge you. Uh, you've you've got to do the same. Stop trying to fight and run from God. It won't work, all right? Can I pray for you this morning? Can we do that? Would you bow your heads where you are?
Um, just where you are, just bow your heads, and uh, I'm going to pray. Nobody looking around, um, but I, I do want to know this morning who to pray for. So if this message just kind of just kind of hits home with you, and you go, yeah, that's me, God. I've been trying to run, I've been trying to hide, and I, I don't want to do that anymore. Would you just, where you are, every head is, is bowed, every eye is closed, but you just want somebody to pray for you this morning, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? This is me. Yeah, man, thanks for that honesty, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, give me one more second. I'm just making my way around. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Okay, God, you are the God who knows and sees all. Your kids have just raised their hand before you, just saying, yeah, God, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Would you call them home today? Call them to yourself today. Tell them you love them today. Remind them that you don't intend to harm them, but you want to help them get back on mission, and God, do exactly that in their life. Help them get on mission. We love you, Jesus. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ms.